You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Podcast 201 with Tim and David. Hey, we talk about the new MacBook. David's more enamored with it than I am. And then for the feature, we talk about the Powergistics 8-shelf desktop tower sinking station and charging station. Oh, crap. The music's already playing. Ah! And it is tech fan number one, or no. <laughs> See, look at that. I'm regressing, David. It's 201. You know what I did? Owen's not here. We, again, don't know where Owen is. He didn't message us. He didn't text us. Uh, I don't know. He's a secret agent. Yep. He's on a secret mission. So what I was doing, uh, I actually drove to Woodstock, Illinois, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, I. I was going up to OWC, the headquarters, and yeah. I haven't gone up there. I didn't realize it had been since November since I was there. And uh, they didn't expect me to come up either because the weather's been really terrible here in the United States, where mm-hmm. I, at least where I live. And so I had some time in the car, and I actually listened to our last episode, Driving Back. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that, of course, was our 200th episode. It was. So you know what I did right afterwards? I, I had this bug I wanted to, or I, there was an itch I wanted to scratch. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used Downcast, so I clicked uh, more episodes under Tech Fan, and every single mm-hmm. one of our episodes is listed. You got to scroll, you know, quite a way. Yeah. And I listened to the first episode. When's the last time you listened to that first episode? Uh, when we recorded it. Yeah. <laughs> I. You know what? We, this this show was actually launched kind of different than the way it is now. You weren't going to be a regular host. Did you know that? Um, I don't recall that the opinion arrangement. No. Yeah, it was. It was Tech Fan. It was my new show, and you were the first special guest host. And I talked about recording the show, like driving back from Chicago or from hotel rooms. Uh, I wasn't sure what my schedule was going to be. So when I could record, it was an unknown. Um, I'd have different co-hosts and you were the first. I do not remember that. You should go back and listen to it. You were actually talking on your iPad. And we were kind of impressed with the sound, but if we listen to it now, you're like, ooh, that's not... Uh, yeah. okay. I actually sound about the same, because I'm using exactly the same equipment now as I was then. I haven't changed... I haven't updated my podcasting recording equipment in forever, because yeah. it works. Why do? Why am I going to mess with it? You know what I mean? Yeah. But But you're talking on a pair of Apple headphones plugged into your Skype, and the Skype isn't an iPad version, because remember, this is 2010. The iPad had only come out of, like two months before that. So you were using so, the iPhone version that was blown uh, up two times on your iPad. Yeah. And uh, I think I might have been, yeah, I think I might have been doing that under the radar because I wasn't, when when you asked me to do that, I wasn't really podcasting, no, which is were, why I hadn't, right. I had no equipment. Yeah, because I'd stopped doing the MyMac show because I'd had to take a break away from it. Um. So, so yeah, I might have been, Doing it on the download, which was why I was uh, doing it like that, and why maybe I wasn't committing to be a full time host. Yeah, <laughs> that might be it. 
I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember the, the situation leading up to it. I know that one week I did OWC Radio, uh, episode 44. That was my last episode of the original show. And the mm-hmm. very next week I was doing Tech Fan, and you were the co-host. Isn't it weird, though, that you can do something and yet have no real memory of it at all? <laughs> uh, dude, I'm... I can't. I can't tell you where I was when I did that. Yeah. Um, I could guess, but I can't tell you because I have no memory. And I, you kind of, as you get older, you suddenly realize, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of remember everything. Right. Or you think you do anyway. And then as you get older, you realize that uh, there's vast swathes of things you do. You have no memory of whatsoever. Yeah. And then things you think you remember when you actually try to remember any specifics about them, you realize you don't remember that either. <laughs> Women are much better when it comes to memory than guys are, I think. Much yeah. better. Although I'll remember obscure, stupid stuff. Like, you know, oh, this was the first Mac I ever owned. And this was, mm-hmm. you know. But then I, I think, oh, crap, when's my daughter's birthday again? Yeah. No, uh, I don't know why. I'm terrible with dates. Yeah. I'm, I I'm saw my brother a couple of days ago. He doesn't. He lives quite far away, away from me, so uh, I only see him every now and again. So we met up with him and... Within a couple of minutes, we were kind of riffing off things. You know, we were using phrases that we used together as kids. Yeah. Stories. Uh, there was one particular thing that was a, a. I remember there was a story we both read a Stephen King short story called The Jaunt, which is about teleportation. And the the, the you know Stephen King's a kind of horror story. So the the whole thing about this is that with the stories you go through unconscious. Anybody who doesn't go through the teleport unconscious comes out dead the other side right and while they're waiting to go through this teleport it's like a, a, a fat like a family the the father is telling the kids the story of how the, this technology was invented and how all of this happened and that the kind of the twist of the story is that the youngest the young boy decides to stay awake he doesn't you know take the gas and knocks him out and he comes out the other end and he's mad you know he's and he, and he shouts he's kind of claws his eyes out and shouts at his dad longer than you think dad longer than you think right because it's been he's been driven crazy because the subjective time through the teleport is is eons or something and um you know somebody said something about time on the tv and we we're both sitting there having dinner together and immediately we turned to each other and both said at the same time, longer than you think, kind of in the same voice. And I'm saying, it's like I haven't read that story for 30 years and I've never used that phrase ever since. And yet immediately we both remembered it straight away. And yet I can't tell you what I had for breakfast that day. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised a bit. I'm actually going through. You were not on the second episode. Yeah, because I was only a part-time guy. <laughs> you were on the first episode. Sam Levin and J.R. Bookwalter, which I think was the only time I ever had him on any show, mm-hmm. uh, was on episode two. And you returned for episode three. And then you returned for episode four. Um, and then I had David Biedney on episode five. Mm-hmm. Bill Palmer on six. So... It was a while before you actually joined, and then you come back on with episode seven, talking about the 11-inch MacBook Air. And I think that's about when you kind of came back, the end of October 2010. That's when you, you know, became the other host of the show. Yeah. But I I honestly did not remember that you weren't a permanent host of the show (laughs) right at the beginning. Yeah. I I didn't remember that. I, Uh. I know why you weren't. But I, I honestly could not remember. Yeah, because you were there for eight. 
You were there for nine. I mean, so yeah, so you, that's weird. It is weird. And yeah. I know, I know one of the reasons is because I didn't know what the schedule was going to be recording this show at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's kind of hard to coordinate with somebody on a weekly basis when you don't know what your schedule is going to be. Well, particularly with me being in a different time zone. Right. There was times that I could record, yeah. but it would have been, you know, seven o'clock at night. Well, yeah. that's not really going to work for you. So I, it's, it, it, you're right though. It's weird. The things that we do remember and the things that we don't, I mean, it feels like we did every single tech fan together, but we know for a yeah. fact that we didn't because we did separate shows for a while. There was episodes mm. that I couldn't do that you did by yourself. Same thing with me. And then there was episodes where I had other people on when you weren't here and same with you. So yeah, ah, it's, it's like you said, five years. It's been five years. Uh, uh, Guy and Gaz are coming out with a best of show next week on the MyMac podcast, and it's basically the like the first one hundred episodes best of, and so uh-huh. almost all of it is Chad Perry and I. That's going to be weird to listen to. Yeah, especially for me because I'm the one that put that best of show together over a year ago. Guy, <laughs> <laughs> well, he was going to sprinkle five best of shows. Uh, zero through well, episode one through one hundred, and then two to three, three to four, four to five, that sort of thing. But he never used them, so. But now he has an opportunity to use one, and I'm kind of looking forward to hearing it. Cool, yeah, that'd be weird. So we do have a special segment, a product spotlight. Oh, by the way, people are thinking, wait a minute, just on the last episode, you said you weren't going to be here. It's going to be David and Owen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I got my dates mixed up. It's actually next week that I'll be at the McCall conference. I was thinking it was this week when we recorded the show. It's not. It's next week. So I will be in Detroit uh, at a trade show, educational trade show, this time next week. I obviously, I can't do tech fan at that point. So hopefully Owen will show up and you could do a show with Owen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was supposed to be here today. So I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Owen. Uh, if all else fails, I mean, one of us can do a solo show next week i just won't be able to record at the regular time okay um but anyways uh last week i talked about this uh, the shelving system called from uh powergistics we are going to talk about that on the second segment of this episode uh, i it's a product that i think is really cool and i look forward to talking about it but something really big happened this week david and that was apple had their spring event on monday five days ago now yeah, and we we were all really expecting to find out pricing on the iWatch or the Apple Watch. We got that. Yeah, we were ex- probably expecting maybe some new thing, and we got that with you know the 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 kits, the developer kits, the with the research kit thing. Uh, that was cool, but I really wasn't expecting any Mac news, and we got a brand new MacBook, and that kind we of did. surprised me. <laughs> Wait, I, I mean, in some respects, I was a bit disappointed in that this thing had been ruined for us beforehand because it was, it was uh, leaked or or um, a guy nine to five Mac got all the details on this weeks ago, uh, and it pretty much came out exactly as he said. Yeah. So the um, artist rendition that they had. Yeah. Um, spot on. Ab- absolutely. Um, this seems to be a device that's caused a little bit of controversy. Um, you know, it, it's it's 
it's in that stage now where people have gone over the initial shock of it being launched. I think a lot of people, when when they they saw the Mark Gurman report a few weeks ago, they kind of thought, oh, he must be wrong because it seemed so radical. Uh, partic- particularly just noises, oh, okay. Particularly right. the uh, the USB C port, the single port it has. Yep. Um, it seemed, you know, people kind of thought, well, yeah, that be that would be kind of Apple. To, to make such a gutsy move but nobody actually really thought it was right and the device came out and it did and funnily enough they didn't even they didn't even justify that in the uh, in the in the uh, presentation they didn't say oh and here's the reasons why we've decided that only one port is good enough they've no. just said well it's just got one port and yes it's a new technology and uh, you know they spent far more time talking about the keyboard <laughs> that they did <laughs> which yeah and uh, they're very proud of that keyboard I'll be honest, though, the keyboard's one of the few things on that new MacBook that I'm kind of excited about. I mean, I was like, ooh, that keyboard. Look, because we both write a lot. Yeah. Keyboards are important, and I'm very we we would Yeah, we we were just talking last week about how um, the keyboard on the iBook I've been writing on is better than many of the ones we use nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, new keyboard's interesting, and uh, it's apparently it has very little travel, so... um, I am interested to try it. We're in an interesting position in my company with this machine because we are thinking about, as I mentioned before, we're thinking about moving away from PCs to going purely to Mac. Um, We were targeting the kind of 13-inch MacBook Air, but this machine now kind of puts a cat among those pigeons because it's around about the same price as a a 13-inch MacBook Air with the sort of specs we want. It has the same sort of specs we want in that it has the increased memory and increased ssd size um obviously it's more possible than the 13 inch air and it has a retina display which the air doesn't have um and it has the uh, purportedly the same kind of all-day battery life that the 13 inch air can give you um so so that's an interesting machine for us now because it's a mac we don't need to worry too much about um having different builds we can just have the same build that goes on either machine whichever people want but i've been going to be interested to get that machine in and try it and i'm hoping that because we are looking to make that transition i can justify getting the companies pick me one up as soon as it's released so i can try it out and see how it compares i am when when they look i i was doing the live twitter stream for owc during the event so i was talking about it a lot and i was moving at a speed that i didn't really have the opportunity to stop and really kind of absorb what this machine is i i have to be honest i'm kind of disappointed it's well, uh, it's a slower it's disappointing. machine. Well, it's slower than a, a, a MacBook Air from two years ago. Uh, um, a, I I would I I would hold off until we actually see that before this you make that. This is a mobile processor. It's it is a mobile processor, but it is not des- it's not designed for tablets. This processor it is it is designed for laptops, and there are Windows laptops already with this thing in. So it's not. Uh, it's not like an atom processor or anything like that. Um, it, I would I would hold off until it, the clock speed of a processor is not what it's about now. Um, and the the Core M is a, is a brand new design from um, Intel. I would wait until you actually see the machine benchmark before you start worrying too much about performance, even if it is uh, the equivalent to an 11 inch MacBook Air from two years ago, which I happen to have. Um, that machine is not slow either, so even if it is, I don't think that's really much of a problem for most people. I don't get the one port thing. Uh, well, here, here's where I am on this. I think, I think this is the reason it's got one port on it is because the logic board is so tiny 
they didn't have room to put two in. Yep. The logic board is in the middle of the case, so the port has to be extended out to the edge of the case from the middle because it has to run past the battery, and they obviously decided they didn't want not want to do that on two sides. Or maybe there was an engineering reason, engineering reason why they couldn't do it on two sides. But you know what? For, if this machine performs as it's meant to, if it does give you 10 to 12 hours of battery life, what, what this thing says to me is somebody said, Gee, I wonder what what would happen if we took an iPad and turned it into a MacBook, and that is exactly what this what machine it says to me. Yeah, yep. Uh, and and uh, what I would say to a lot of the people who've said, "Oh, it's only got one port. How am I going to power it? How am I going to plug it into a display? How am I going to plug a USB drive into it?" Is we have we have had those same concerns about the iPad, and we have overcome those concerns with the iPad. It's not really a problem. You don't sit there thinking about, oh, I've got to keep it charged when I'm using it. You don't think about how you're going to get data into and out of it. In the world we live in today, that is not a problem. I'm sat here in front of a, a 70... I would have to disagree I'm, with you, David, in that it's different use cases between how people normally use an iPad and why they're using a Mac. Because they do uh, need to have access to much higher sta- storage than typically you will need on an iPad. Yeah, it really but is that two is, different things. You can't really compare. But, that, but that, that is why I think that's one of the reasons why this machine has 256 gig SSD in it because Apple recognized that people who want to compute in it are going to want to carry data with them. And so rather than cheap out, let's face it, Putting, putting a computer like this out with a, a 64 gig SSD would have been exactly what we would have expected Apple to do. Oh, let's let's put in the, the base SSD that nobody wants, so they have to upgrade. Instead, they actually, the base model comes with 8 gigs of RAM and 256 gig SSD. This is Apple recognizing that that's an issue and combating it by saying, well, you've got lots of internal storage, so you can carry the stuff you need with you. You don't need to be carrying it on an external drive or a flash drive. You can either get it from the cloud or you can have it on the local drive i don't know 256 gig is nothing nowadays well well you know what i've got a, i'm on the machine here with a 128 gig ssd it's your and it's my main a, computer david it is my main computer everything's it's, on there that you need pretty much yeah 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 pretty much I, and, and also this, i'm disappointed this is a, with it this is a 17 inch macbook pro so i have firewire i have three usb ports on here i hardly ever use any of them the only th- the thing that I plug into this most regularly is just power. Uh, and if I had 12 hours of battery life, I probably wouldn't even do that. The thing that really bothers me the most, or it doesn't bother me, I, the thing I can't figure out the most, why come out with this and still uh, still sell the MacBook Air? Why not just pe- call this the MacBook Air and replace the because- current one? I think the reason they've done that is for all the people who've just said the things you've said, saying, "Oh well, I need a, I need ports on it. I need uh, well, to be able to." MacBook Pro is in. for. Well, that's also what the MacBook Air. Look, you know, the problem is to if they dropped the MacBook Air, then to replace it, this would have had to been to been the same price. The right. MacBook Air is effectively the entry level computer now. Yeah. So this remember would have when had it was to, the um, top of the line. I agree. I remember when it was more, far more expensive and much more compromised 
than uh, making it a poor value. And yeah. that, that kind of sounds, in some respects, like this machine. This machine is a, is a pointer to the future. But the problem is if they'd have dropped the air and replaced it with this, then this would have had to start at $900. And I don't think they can do that with the rest of the display. I just don't think the rest of the displays are cheap enough to let them do that. Because let's face it, their other option would have been to turn around and say, let's just put Retina display in the existing MacBook, MacBook Air. They could have done the force touch bad. They could have uh, changed the keyboard even if they wanted to. And that, still they done- have a MacBook Pro 13 with a Retina display, yes? Yeah. What's the price but of it's that? A, it's a much bigger, heavier machine. It's the same price as this. Right. So they could have done it. But- there's no well, there's yeah, but there's the same price as a MacBook. There's no there's no machine at less than a thousand dollars with a Retina display unless you buy an iPad, yeah, uh, which is smaller. I, I I think I think this is a transitional model. But you know what? USB C is this it's is the, the first. It is. This is the first time in a long time, probably since the original iMac, that Apple has gone has changed their their port strategy but gone with an industry standard rather than going their own way yeah you could say they did that with thunderbolt but thunderbolt was a bit of a niche and has has not proved to be as successful as they hope because very few people well, outside the consumer apple, market it's, yeah well well pretty much nobody uses it outside of apple oh you yeah, can, yeah it's, you know, it's big in in video production but you do, do you really see it in pcs outside of video production do you not can you buy PCs with it on yeah no. you can Sure. But it's not it's not mainstream. No, I would say that it's probably not mainstream. And it's unfortunate, too, because it is actually a, a fantastic port. But the, the other problem is it's expensive. It's it's yeah. licensed, whereas USB is not licensed in the same way. And and this port basically does everything. And in two years' time, you're, gonna, you're not going to see computers come without this. So for Apple to be at the front edge of that is is interesting and different and in some respects i think quite exciting and i think a lot of these issues we have with interfacing to a single port are going to go away very quickly because i'm sure pretty much every oem manufacturer is working hard now on usb usb c devices of all types they're going to be cheaper than apples and um if i was talking to to a man who might have an inside track of that but couldn't say anything he might cough when i said that (laughs) <laughs> I like the fact that it, it kind of like the lightning connector on the iPad. You can plug it in either way. There's no. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. It, you know, nope. it, it remains to be seen if this is going to be successful. I have a feeling it probably will simply because it's an Apple product. And uh, Apple has a track record of doing a very good job of selling machines exactly like this. I do like that they finally, and we talked about this not too long ago, they brought back colors. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Now, I don't know who the hell wants the gold one. I mean, I think it's hideous looking, but that's a matter of opinion. I'm sure that I'm sure that Dr. Dre's first in line <laughs> over there at Beats. Gold, like, space yeah. gray, and silver. I could see, you I, know, in the silver one, it's like, yeah, you know, they've been silver forever. If I yeah. was going to pick one, I would totally pick space gray. So which color would it be for you? I are, are you the gold space guy? gray as well? No, come no, on. space gray gold. would uh, would be the one for me don't, as well. I'm ashamed. I'm going to be using one for work, so um, it probably would give the wrong impression if I walked into a client and got my gold laptop out. Um, ah, you're so uh, your blingness. I'm afraid so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, so. I you know I don't mind the different colors. I I I think it's hideous. I really do. That gold is. I don't mind it yeah. in a phone. 
I don't mind it so much in a tablet either, but eh, it's just a big gold computer. Ugh. But having, having said that, again, I, I think gold is one of those colors that doesn't come across well in photographs. You have to see it in person. So it could be in person. It doesn't look as bad. Here's a question for you, David. Up to this point, let's say three years ago, Apple mm-hmm. was a technology company. That's what they were. Yeah. Even though they dropped the name computer from their name back in, what, 2005 or six. Yeah. Are they still a technology company or are they a luxury brand company now? I think they're a luxury brand technology company. Um, the first, they, they would be really the first of their kind. Yeah, I think so. I think they're... Um, I mean, they, they definitely own the upper end of the tech market. Um, there are other companies in that space, but really they all make high... They, they might make high margin, but they're relatively low volume. The, the right. difference with Apple, and I think the reason why Apple gets so much stick for their prices and for the, you know, the Apple fanboyism and everything like that is because people can't stand the fact that these things that are more expensive than everybody else are so insanely popular. I'm, I'm encountering it with a guy here at work here. We, but as part of this redeployment of IT, we're talking about new phones and, and this, that, and thing. And I've said to him, I said, we shouldn't be doing phone contracts anymore. There's only 15 of us in the part of the company. Um, we sometimes travel overseas. What we should do is we should just buy the handsets outright buy them unlocked and then just use pay as you go or um you know non-tiding contracts rather than these things where we buy the phones and we we kind of get hardware subsidy because we end up paying more over the long run yeah and and he, and he kind of sees the sees the idea behind that but he keeps on going oh you know i'm, I'm not sure we let should let people have 64 gig iphones and i'm not sure we should let people have iphone 6 pluses because they're so expensive and you know looking at how much you have to spend on each handset compared to a laptop they seem really poor value and and also and, and basically what it is 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 he it annoys him that apple iphones are so expensive if you buy them unlocked but I, I said to him today, I said, well, if you're not going to suggest those, find me another equivalent device running Android or anything else that costs less. And he, he had a look and he couldn't. No, they're all <laughs> like that. Because they're all like that. If you buy an unlocked, an, uh, unlocked Samsung Galaxy S6, it'll be around about the same sort of money. That's not you know? true with the computers, though. No, it's not. But the thing is, is he, his atti- he, I think what it is, is he's thinking, oh, it's, we're paying six, £700 for a, for a, a, a phone device. Uh, that's nearly as much as a computer. Yeah, and that's that's what's getting. And, and he, that's, and a, he's and that's got, a fair point, but it is. But he he's got it in his head that because it's iPhones, they, they are more expensive and they're yeah. poor value. Yeah, and the phones should be cheaper. I mean, it's yeah. a phone; it, sh- it shouldn't cost that much yeah. money. And I get that. I mean, I, I I kind of agree with that mentality. It's a phone; it shouldn't be this much money. But the problem is, it's not a phone. Oh, it's the phone a is highly, just an app. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> it's a highly miniaturized. Computer. Pocket computer. Absolutely. Yeah. And that almost diminishes what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so much yeah. more than a phone. It's more more than just a pocket computer. Because we think a pocket computer as children of the eighties and seventies is oh, it's that's like a a swatch or a, a Casio watch. You know what I mean? It's it's this this eh. it's not really a computer if it's a pocket computer. Uh but then yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. But then I, in in on that same vein, do you, I actually think that for 
the technology you're getting in the Apple Watch, which is a, a highly shrunk wrist computer, um, it's actually not bad priced for the for the for the base ones. I agree. You're right. It's, <laughs> the, it's not the gold that ones, bad of a price. <laughs> for the gold ones, maybe not, but it's, let's face uh, it. The, the edition ones are not aimed at people like you and me. They are aimed at people who don't have to think about how much it costs. Yeah, that, that's insane, I think. the Hey, my email finally sent. Um, I think it's insane how much the gold Apple Watch costs and that I, I get the market for high-end watches. I do. I understand them. Because you're not really buying just a watch. You're buying a family heirloom at that point. The Apple Watch is never going to be a family heirloom. I mean, it's it's just not. It's going to be useless in three and a half, four years. I mean, think about when the iPhone 4 came out. That's going to be the same amount of time between when the original iPhone came out and the Apple Watch is going to come out. You know what I mean? Four yeah. years later. no one, Nobody wants the original iPhone. It's antiquated at that point. Now, computers, a four-year-old computer, no problem. Hell, you're Ooh. using one from 15 years ago, and it's working fine. Yeah, and the one I'm sat in front of here is uh, 2009, so yeah. uh, that's six, seven years, yeah. I'm using, I'm sitting in front of a 2011. Yeah. I think it's a, yeah, it's a 2011 MacBook Pro, non-retina. I, I have no desire to upgrade this computer to a different computer. It works great. The only thing I can do is put an SSD in it, and it'd be like a brand new computer. Yeah. Phones, but watches, I think that's a different category, and I think they do become antiquated. Eventually, maybe they won't, but they sure the heck are now. But we don't know what Apple's plans are for the long term of the edition. Maybe, you know, maybe when you buy it, you actually buy a service plan, and effectively they say, when we update it, bring it in, and we'll we'll take what's in there out of the case and put a new new device in there no i would say that that would be something that an hp or an ibm or a microsoft might do or dell it's not something apple would ever do well well because with apple it's it's all about the industrial design it's well in that the inside in that case maybe if you plunk down your 10 to fifteen thousand dollars for an edition watch part of that deal is when they update it you come in and they give you they give you the new version yeah. and they take away the old one but, we, but the we don't know at this point and the cost of gold uh, it's not it's not just the cost of gold it's it's in some respects it is that thing that you know how these things are going to be sold yeah. they, they're going to be sold in a private area with um soft music and uh coffee and some things to eat probably served to you you know a, a, by a personal representative who's going to be very well dressed and extremely polite it's going to be that very upmarket luxury premium these. experience yeah they're not going to be selling these in apple stores no, it's going to be the things as say Nordstrom yeah yeah I, you you're gonna you're gonna go and you're gonna say oh yeah I'm interested in in the edition and and they're gonna you'll probably make an appointment and, yep. and effectively that you you you'll pro might even on, on the newer stores go in via a different entrance and it will be completely different high end luxury experience and I think as part of that it could well be well here's the deal yeah it, the the watch is twelve thousand dollars with the with the options you want um but uh but yeah but you know it's effectively it's a, a lifetime or a 10-year purchase and so, and you're you know so we've seen demos of the apple phone with third-party apps which actually was quite a, quite impressive during the uh, uh did you actually get to watch the presentation 
Because I know you're I, on train I, yeah, at the time. I, w- I was traveling, but what I did is when I arrived at my hotel, uh, it was already available to stream online, gotcha. so I watched it. I watched it there. Yeah. All right. Straight up, do you want an Apple Watch now? Uh, I well, I I wanted one from from before. I'm I'm I've been interested in this concept for many years, and I've bought from you know Chinese resellers on eBay cheap bluetooth wrist devices before you know the kind of ones that can uh, buzz when your phone rings or uh, alert you when you've received a message i've had those sort of things before so i've always been interested in this concept so when i heard that apple were doing this uh, i also carry a fitness tracker so when i heard apple were doing this this was right in my sweet spot and uh, so i was always interested in this even if it had just been basically an apple version of a fitbit Wrist, wrist device i would have bought one but the fact is i i'm excited by this because and you know i mentioned to you i met my brother so yeah. um he he knows what an apple fan i am and he was this was the day after the event and he was kind of gently mocking me about it he was going oh you know well what are you going to use it for and 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 of course every answer i gave he was more kind of going oh you you know you've got a justification for everything but you know nobody really wants to do that and all this sort of thing i'm the sort of guy who's you know, I, I walk around in strange places when I'm going away on business, looking at my phone, following the map. I don't feel particularly comfortable doing that because, I, A, I can't see where I'm going, and, B, I'm worried I'm going to have my phone stolen because you know, it makes you look like a tourist. So I'm all about being able to glance at my wrist um, and just see a, a very quick map of where I am with a direction to where I'm going, with a thing tapping my wrist to tell me to turn left, turn right, um, being able to call up an Uber cab, without having to get my phone out that i know this is i've been kind of people go well you've got your phone on you why do you need to do things on the watch but for me that action of taking my phone out all the time i do it hundreds of times a day because my phone is inside my jacket and i need to every time it's buzzing i'm looking at a notification or i'm pulling it out to look up a piece of information or get a train ticket or uh, see what my diary is doing uh, confirm a seat number all the, these are all interactions which with the watch i won't have to get my phone out to do it's actually incredibly um attracted to me for that reason i appreciate that that's not for everybody but uh, but for me yeah the the device is is pretty much perfect in perfectly in my wheelhouse for the sort of thing i'm after so i they they, they kind of had me as as soon as they announced it really yeah i had a feeling <laughs> <laughs> i am uh i'm still on the on the fence to be honest i gave up watching or watching wearing a watch years ago and I'm not opposed to wearing a watch now. I just, it's really hasn't been necessary. Um, look, if OWC came and said, hey, Tim, we'd really like you to have an Apple Watch so you could talk about it on OWC radio and uh, maybe write about it on the blog and, you know, so you have experience with it. Sure, absolutely. But yeah, to spend my own money on it, no, I don't think I'm going to. At the very least, I'm not going to with version one. I'm just, I, it's, it looks too bulky to me. I, I don't want to watch that bulky. So, well, so, so here's, here's the thing. If you, if you go into the, if you have the Apple store, um, app on your phone, you can go into that and it will actually render the watch in life size on your screen. So you can actually see how big it is. And I'm currently wearing a rectangular, um, citizen watch that that my wife bought for for me a few years ago and it happens to be exactly the same size as the 38 millimeter apple watch so i can actually see how big this can look on my wrist and it's not bulky at all 
Yeah, I, I think if I actually go into an Apple store and try one on, maybe I would be more inclined to want one. Yeah. But I'm not even inclined to go to an Apple store to check it out, to be honest. I, well, I, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm just not excited about the Apple Watch even a little bit. I can't yeah. see how it helps me at all. And I travel a lot just like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, don't know. We'll I think I think yeah I think the difference your travel is often in your own car. No, whereas I'm no. But no, you want, most of my traffic or oh, of course you're not you're, LA you're flying and, now. Yeah, yeah, I'm going all over the place, all mm-hmm. over the United States, places I've never been to, and it would be great to be able to, you know, not get lost. But I have my phone. I have a iPhone six plus. I mean, the reason I got the plus is because of the bigger screen, especially if I'm in a rental car and I'm trying to get somewhere. Uh, uh, you know, it's. I, I just I don't have that problem of pulling my phone out. I don't feel conspicuous. I don't feel like I'm going to get jumped. But I also don't go to Africa like you do. I also yeah. don't go to places that uh, you know I don't know anybody or the language. Yeah, you know. But but that's I mean that having said that that requirement is a pretty niche requirement. So if they're trading on that to sell large numbers of watches, that's not going to work. There has to be enough of it to appeal to all sorts of different people. And and perhaps this is also going to be one of those devices where I mean you remember the the iPhone. It, I mean it, it, the first year was a bit of a slow burn. Yeah. It, before and it really before it accelerated it, and it was the App Store that really drove that. This this one could be the same where it. it takes developers to come up with the apps to make use of it before it really starts to take off what about apple pay does does apple pay on a watch interest you any more than it does on the phone i i don't use it at all i put two credit cards in it and i have yet to use it and i've been at places where i saw that it was i could use it but i was like yeah i just slide my credit card yeah so yeah apple the apple pay has does nothing for me I understand why some people think it's cool and why they would like it and it would be useful in a watch, but it hasn't found its way into my life yet in any way at all. I think I've done one purchase with it and I felt kind of stupid afterwards because the I was the first person to ever do it at that. All right. And the person was like, is it just on your phone? I was like, yeah. She was like, oh, okay, you're good to go. And I walked out going, eh, I didn't like that. I mean, if if other people had been doing it up to that point, fine. But I I kind of felt like a tool, to be honest. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to use my phone. It, it was too geeky for me. And that's saying something from a guy who created a show called Geekiest Show Ever. <laughs> yeah. it, it was too geeky for me. Um, maybe, maybe you're just getting old. <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn. With yeah. that, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, discuss stuff. We'll be right back. This is Optimus Prime calling all Autobots. Prime to all Autobots. A new tech fan podcast has been released. Return to base immediately so that we can all enjoy the humans talking about technology. Repeat, Optimus Prime to all Autobots. A new tech fan podcast from Spotlight Network has been released. Return to base immediately. Back here on Tech Fan Podcast 201. I almost said... <laughs> You're going to keep doing that yeah. for a while. <laughs> uh, let's hope not. Uh, David, Tim, uh, that's our names. 
again, we don't know where Owen is. Uh, we love to get feedback from you. Didn't we get feedback on the last one, David? Uh, oh, we did, yeah. Because um, we were talking about uh, issues of racism and yeah. uh, anti-Semitism. And um, what was the guy's name now? I, I can't um, pull it up. It's on the other machine. So, so a listener of ours who uh, I think is also British because he saw this same article in the British paper that I did, he sent through a link to us from the BBC website, which was came out the day after and funnily enough talked exactly about the uh, the same issues we were talking about. Uh, Brendan Rowland. Brendan, yeah. yes. Uh, that's right. And he said, um, yeah, he sent us the link to this uh, article, which talks about exactly whether anti-Semitism was still a thing or not. And it was very interesting. It covered many of the issues that we that we talked about. And, um, yeah, so we sent it through to you. And, and you can fly back and said, yeah, David, David sent that to us uh, four days ago. And he said, funnily enough, I've been meaning to email you the article for four days, but I'm on a cycling holiday in Mallorca. <laughs> and each evening after a long day in the saddle, I've been too cream crackered. You'll have to ask David to explain that to non-UK folk to get I around to it. I think that kind of, yeah. it sounds like what it is. <laughs> yeah. He's wiped out. Keep it. Well, no, it, yeah, but cream crackered is is rhyming slang. So uh, you've heard of Cockney rhyming slang? No. Have you have you ever heard of that? Okay, so in the East End of London, the accent, the, the kind of the thing that um, Dick Van Dyke did very badly in Mary Poppins is the Cockney accent. Oh, I know if the you've Cockney watched, accent. yeah, if you watch sure. two two sm- uh, look, yeah, but if you watch Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, I mean, it's all it's the way people speak in that. That's all that kind of East End London right. thing. Yep. But one of the one of the features of that is what they call Cockney rhyming slang, where they will replace a word with a a rhyming phrase that that um, that that uh, that rhymes with it as as a shortcut. So, um, so David and is cor- amazing. No, no. Crazy. No, no, it's it's not it's not like that. It's a bit more, um, um, and of course, now that I'm uh, talking about it, can I remember a single piece of Cockney rhyming slang? Of course, I can't because I'm getting old and probably slightly slightly senile. Well, don't so, ask me. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really in my so, wheelhouse. So yeah, so. Um, Apples and pears would be stairs. If something is uh, like a modern one is used, if something is wrong, you, they they would say Pete Tong, which is a, who's a Radio One DJ, uh, a DJ off the radio. So, um, uh, pony, uh, something something that's rubbish, which also in Britain is also called crap. Yeah, you've heard the word crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope, never heard of it. No. So there's a word. Yeah, crap. <laughs> Here we go. This is a real etymology episode. Crap is supposed to come after the is supposed to come from the name Thomas Crapper, who was the man who invented one of the first flushing toilets. Hmm. That kind of tells you what crap is, yeah. Sure. Oh, we, but but the thing is, it it's a bit it's a bit less um, offensive than some of the other words for that. So um, if something you say something's a bit crap, that means it's just a bit rubbish. You know, it's a bit, but it's not as you know, it's not terrible, but it's just a bit rubbish. It's a bit crap. So. Um, I actually did know what that word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So anyway, rhyming slam. One of the rhyming slang uh, phrases for crap is is pony and trap. It's a bit crap, a bit pony and trap, and then that gets shortened. You see, so if somebody says, "Oh, it's a bit pony," then yeah. you know that means it's a bit crap. You see. So anyway, cream crackered is um, is that as well because it's rhyming slang for knackered. 
So cream crackers comes from uh, uh, there's a type of biscuit you could buy here, uh, a savoury biscuit called a Jacob's cream cracker. And so if you're knackered, which means you're tired, and knackers comes from taking a horse to the knackers yard. So really, you, you British people have a lot of time on your hands, really. You guys- <laughs> well, you know, it's the thing with rhyming slang is it, it evolves very fast because it's very colloquial. It's very um, on the streets. And so I just in the same way. figure it out simply in the context of what's being said. That's well, why the, well, when, the, when the, he said what he you, said, I was like, oh, you, that just means he's can, worked out. Yeah. You can figure it out when I'm telling you about it. When you hear it being spoken in by real Cockneys, you can't keep up with it because oh, it, sure. you know, it's very quick. Um, you know, you, you, you the thought process that need you need to do to go. Oh, that means that, which means that. Yeah. You can't do that quickly. Well, the, when it, the just US in the, has just these in, things too. I mean, yeah, just in just in the same way that you know, kind of a street talk on on the streets of LA in the gang areas or anything. You know, you, you you'd listen to it and you'd think I can't understand a word what they mean. You know, I because could, just because you just because you you're can. not yeah. You, just because you're not kind of of that, you don't understand it quite so way. So anyway, cream cracker is knackered. Which it, was, means it was funny he, that he said the exactly the same article you did, which I, I'll be honest with both of you guys, I, I haven't read it. It was a really <laughs> long one. I mean, it was long. I was like, holy Uh-oh. crap. I'll get to this eventually. That'll be some weekend reading on the iPad. But yeah, uh, yeah I haven't got to it. It yeah, just thanks. So. It's only my culture. Don't don't rush. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'll, I'll make up my own minds and uh, yeah. <laughs> and with my limited uh, resources and experience. Well, you, you, ha- and... you haven't read it yet, <laughs> Tim. That's a bit pony. <laughs> <laughs> but I I actually do plan on I I have it on my reading list on the iPad now. So I just yeah. literally have to. Um, get cracking on it <laughs> but here <laughs> the reason that I, I haven't read it because a it's really long it's gonna take me a while and b when yeah. i'm in the mode to read something long i started reading the book that we talked about last week from tr harris did oh, i yeah. forward you the email from him no you did not i did not wow how about that see uh now i can't get to it because you know i'm gonna try turning on the imac but it, it, the fans on this thing were just blowing like crazy earlier. I mean, it was really loud. So, um, after our, this is kind of funny, right after we got done recording the last episode. And for those who yeah. didn't hear it towards the end of the episode, David is talking about Space Miner and how the developer uh, updated the app and put new stuff in it. And it doesn't cost you any more money if you already had purchased it. And mm-hmm. I um, compared that to a, a book that I'm reading. Come on, email. Email is just getting really crappy. Just it's always really, been crappy. Yeah, it's getting worse. Let me do yeah. a search. Um, T.R. Harris is the author. Mm-hmm. And right after we recorded that episode, I got another email from him that was kind of updating and saying the same things as the previous email. And I thought, well, right. that's, that's weird. Cause I was just talking about this on tech fan and here's another email about it. And so I responded to that email to, uh, TR Harris. And I, I wrote, um, I actually talk about this book and the additional chapters in the latest episode of tech fan podcast. If you go to around the one Oh four forty mark, 
in the show you will hear it and then i gave him a link uh, and then i said the funny thing is i was just reading uh, i was just recording this episode when the second email came in and didn't see it until after we stopped talk about coincidence so he actually replied a couple hours later oh cool he wrote uh thanks tim that was amazing i actually took your podcast and put it in my super secret writing group on facebook for them to listen to we have some heavy hitters in the group who may become followers never hurts to have a few more listeners or readers uh, wow said, thanks a lot and then he gave me a real nice compliment he said uh p.s <clears throat> not me <clears throat> so i gotta clear the throat for this one yeah <clears throat> okay no first i have to take a drink <laughs> hey, it's a compliment to me man yeah attention's killing his eye <laughs> Okay, I'm right now. All right. P.S. Great speaking voice. Oh. I was a journalist was in the Navy and ran a radio and TV station aboard a ship as part of the job. However, I was never a broadcast journalist by any stretch of the imagination. I'm a print guy myself, but I do recognize talent when I hear it. Great voice. Wow. <laughs> Very good. What did you say about you? I don't know. That's That was... <laughs> <laughs> he probably thinks I'm the British guy. God damn it. <laughs> you, you'd go far if you get rid of that idiot American that you're talking with. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hold me back. <laughs> that was kind of nice to hear, though, or to read. Very nice, yeah. 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 He was actually the second Thank person you. who complimented me on my uh, voice recently, which the other person I may actually do some side work on. Uh, she's a documentarian, and she was... I might do some voiceover work for that, so I don't know. We'll see. Cool. But I, I don't particularly think I have a great speaking voice. I've always thought that the appeal of any show that I'm on isn't the sound of my voice. Unless I'm talking like this, you know, then who can resist? Yeah. Well, it, it's it's the content itself. It's the stuff that we talk about. Well, you know, all you need is a little bit more cowbell and you'll be okay. I guess if I talk like this all the time, it would be... <laughs> So, David, this is my opinion. You know, probably wouldn't get as many listeners, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, every now and then. it's. An, ooh, don't do that. I got chills when you said that right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, does it bother you when you hear Americans doing English accents in movies and doing it badly? I, I've, I've, the, the only thing that bothers me about it is that nowadays you expect a professional actor in a in a well-paid Hollywood movie to have had a decent speech coach and be able to pull it off. So if you hear it you kind of, it's not it's not that the accent I mean you can you can the problem is it's you can recognize it. Yes. You can often recognize it and if you recognize it you kind of think oh I wish you, you can't help think I wish they put a bit more effort in. Um you know what but having said me. having said that yeah. it's amazing if it's done well um, it doesn't bother me at all. I, even if I know the person is is you know, I mean, let's face it, uh, half the half the movie stars in the movies we like, you know, um, Chris Hemsworth is Australian, yeah. Hugh Jackman's Australian. Well, that's you what wouldn't I was gonna say though. I was you gonna wouldn't say. know. Um, right. do, you, do you watch The Walking people, Dead? Yeah, I know. I know yeah, all about it. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Andrew Lincoln, who's yeah. the lead in The Walking Dead, is a yeah. British guy who right. was famous over here for a few years. This um, is, that was kind of my point, though. I hear Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock Holmes, and I cringe. I'm like, oh, it's such a bad accent. It really is. It didn't bother me that much, to be honest. It bothered me. Oh, forgot to turn that off. 
Um, I, I think I think you know what he suffered from in that movie. He was next. He was acting next to Jude Law. Yeah. And Jude Law is one of the most English people you will ever yeah. see. Yeah, I agree. He's with you. so English. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. I don't understand. Okay, I I get him doing the role and doing that accent because it's Sherlock Holmes. They're trying to make a big budget movie about it, and who bigger than Robert Downey Jr., right? Okay, I get that. But most of the times that you see Americans doing these British accents, they're not in the big role. They're not in, or it's not a big movie. It's just a regular movie. Why couldn't you just get a British actor if the character's British? I don't get it. Why are you doing that? And yeah, yet, guess- when you see the British actors. Or the Australians, and they're doing an American accent. They do them flawlessly every time. It's so much better. You're like, oh, I had no idea that that guy was actually Australian. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that guy was English. Yeah, I'll tell you who else is English is um, the guy who plays the um, the guy in Homeland, the the principal guy, Damien Lewis. Yeah, yeah, he's English. Yeah. He was in Band of Brothers as well. Yeah. I, in fact, I watched the whole series of Band of Brothers. Had no idea the guy was English. Right, yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Only when, only when I I'm saw saying. him on a movie. Yeah, you know who else is uh, English as well? Who you might not have known before? Gillian Anderson, who yep. played uh, uh, Scully. Scully in the X Files. Yep. You know, but guy who um, House. He's English. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he was pretty famous in English for, in England for a while. Yeah, I, I liked yeah. his comedy with uh, what's his face. Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry. Who I think is just. Have you ever watched his uh, Stephen Fry's Coming to America thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he's driving around the taxi. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, I <laughs> yeah. love that. That was a great. I wish he'd do more stuff like that. Anyways, we're way off topic now, I guess. Uh, I guess we are. The yeah. point being, we're not looking for compliments, but we are looking for feedback. If you yeah. want to send feedback to Tech Fans, send it to Tim at techfanpodcast.com, david at techfanpodcast.com, and occasionally Owen at pod, techfanpodcast.com. I keep harping on Owen because he's not here, but he's not <laughs> here. He didn't send an email. He didn't send a text. He didn't, he just, he's just not here. And, uh, you know, I, if he's not going to be here, he should let us know. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm going to call him out publicly because this is a, a show. This is people are ex- have expectations. Oh, it's a new tech fan, and Owen is now a co-host of the show. But yet, every other episode, he's not here. And it's okay if he's not here. It's look, we're not paying him to be here. It's not a huge commitment. But if you're saying you're going to be here, then and you can't, then just let someone know. So when we start recording a show, we can say Owen's not going to be here. Instead yeah. of keep, we have to keep going back to Skype to see is did he sign in yet? Is he there? We're waiting ten minutes after the start time to see if he shows up. You know, we can't have that. So, Owen, and I know he'll probably listen to this, got to let us know, man. The the listeners yep. are heartbroken that you're not here. Heartbroken. When he has an Apple Watch, he'll be able to tap it out to you. <laughs> I, I think Owen will get an Apple Watch. I think he's interested. Yep. I think he, you and Owen, I could see getting an Apple Watch. Um I'm trying to think of other people that I think. I think Gaz would probably want one. I think mm-hmm. Guy is on the fence. I think Guy is like, eh, I don't know. Uh, three geeky ladies. I think all three of them, other than Suze, would want one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I have no idea. But I don't know. I'm still on the fence. Let's wrap up this show by talking about our featured product this week, David. 
Uh, every week we kind of like to pick one thing that we're going to talk about, um, at least one of the hosts. And in this case, it's a desktop, it's a eight shelf desktop tower, iPad, iPhone management stand, if you will, tower. How would you describe it? I'm not even sure. Uh, I, yeah, I would, I would say it's, it's kind of, um, I don't know the word I, it, it, the word I would probably use is a, a charging dock. It's a charging dock. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's, it's. That normally you say charging dock, that's for one iPad. This does a few more than that. Yes. And it kind of reminds me of those trays that you would see in an office that hold papers. Mm. It has that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. It's all metal, and the shelves are even metal. It has cord management built in. It has this little door on the back. I don't even want to say little. It's it's the length of the whole thing. And this is this thing is tall, so it's it's a desktop tower, but it's it's eight shelves tall. Each shelf could probably hold comfortably two iPads. And it has a power strip built into it inside the little door that's completely hidden. This thing weighs. It it it's not light. I was kind of surprised when I picked it up. This thing is hefty. And it's made out of metal. So it's not going to be brittle and break. And if you accidentally tap it, you're not going to take a chunk out of a drawer. I mean, this thing is well built. Um, it's also, to me anyways, attractive. My wife doesn't like all the colors. She's like, it's kind of schoolish um, crayons. It's two greens, two yellows, two blues, and two reds. Those are the shelves. And then the back of it is white. I kind of like that. To me... At least in a school setting, at least the students know which drawer they're supposed to put their thing in, which shelf. I, I keep saying drawer, which shelf they're going to yeah. put their thing in. You put yours in the first blue, and and uh, David, you put yours in the second blue, so you know exactly where. Now the cord management, you plug in your charger into the power dock, or into the power strip. You bring the cord out behind the shelf, and it has little loops that you can loop the cords through. So. It's, you just don't have cords laying all over the place. And that's always yeah. been my biggest hassle when it came to, look, I've got two Kindle Fires. I've got uh, two uh, regular Kindles. I've got, I'm looking at the shelf as I'm saying this. I've got mm -hmm. three iPads. I've got seven iPhones. I've got two Android phones. I've got three iPods. One's a classic. One's a touch or one's a... Uh, a nano and one's the little tiny one. Uh, and I've got a couple of Bluetooth controllers. All of these things don't need to be plugged in at the same time, but I do want them to be stored in a permanent area where there's always power available. And I've yet to find until this power logistics tower, something that really works for all of it. And really it, it really doesn't work for the iPhones because each shelf has that kind of, um, what do you call it? Uh, a cutout, if you will. So you really mm -hmm. have to push the phones towards the back of it, which isn't a problem, yeah. but it's, it's not really built for phones, but it works fine for them. And I've got all my yeah. iPhones in there. But it, it's for what it's made for, which is the iPads and the Android tablets and the Kindle Fires. It works brilliantly. And because it's metal, it's painted metal. So it has almost a rubberized feel to it. It's smooth, but when you put something on there, it's not going to slip off. That's very mm -hmm. important. You don't want you know, a very yeah. expensive iPad sitting at the top shelf and accidentally 
sliding out because someone bumped the table that this thing is sitting on. Now, they do have now, regular towers that sit on the floor, too, that are like 16 yeah. drawers or shelves. Go ahead. You had a question. So I, yeah. So I take it that so – so you mentioned that it has a power strip, but it doesn't actually have any USB or anything like that in there. So you have to supply your own chargers. You do. And that's so how, probably – how, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, how close are the sockets to each other? Because the problem with lots of chargers in a small space is they can kind of crowd each other. Yeah, and that is a kind of an issue with this. If you try to go more than the recommended eight bricks in there, and mm -hmm. also you can't put the great big power bricks in there that came like with the original uh, laptops and the original iPods, you know, mm -hmm. the bigger ones, they won't fit in there very good. And I also have one that came with a Kindle Fire that won't fit in there correctly either. But for the right. most part, the Apple ones and the and the ones that came with the Android phones, they all fit in there just fine. They have enough space where you can put one plug, one USB, what do you call that thing? The plug? USB plug? Socket. Socket, okay. Yeah. One socket for each one of them, and it's not a problem. But mm -hmm. they give you, there's more than just eight on the power strip itself. Right. So you can space them out a little bit. It works really well, I have to say. I've been using this now for about a month. I kind of, uh, on the last episode, said I'm going to have a hard time sending this back. I, yeah. I was serious about that because it is the best solution that I've found so far that really takes care of both tablets, phones, cord management, uh, robust in that it's not going to be just cheap and break easily. Um it's got the power strip built in, which is hidden behind a door, so you don't see all the plugs in it. And other than the actual power plug coming out of it, the power cord, which, by the way, is a thick power cord. It's not just some cheap wire coming out. It's an actual, yeah. I don't know what gauge it is, but it's it's kind of like the gauge you would find in a window air conditioning. I mean, it's thick. It's yeah, so, it's, it's, so this is... This is a high load cable because yes. it's designed. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not just like a, you know, a cheap extension cord you might buy no. in Walmart or Target. It's you know proper electrically approved, which it would have to be because these things are meant to be used in schools and places like that where, you know, uh, fire safety is very important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not not saying that fire safety isn't important at home, but you know what I mean. Absolutely, and <laughs> no, the there's a good chance. Right. Yeah, there's a good chance in a, in a school that at some point an electrician is actually going to assess and and put a certificate, certificate on this device, so it's going to be robust. Now this is a charging station, but I have a couple cords going from a USB hub, which I also put inside this thing with some double-sided sticky tape, mm -hmm. so I I can actually sync some devices on the shelf at the same time. So I've got two cables coming out, one USB cable going directly to my Mac, and then, of course, the power cable. So it's both charging and syncing on this big tower for me. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, the only drawback to anybody listening, thinking, you know, I've got quite a few of these devices too, and I haven't figured out other than scattering them all over my desk, and you get the cables, you know, kinking up and tangling themselves mm -hmm. up to each other or you can't find this cable because it's falling behind the desk and all that and they're thinking wow tim this sounds exactly like i i need this here's the drawback it's 409 dollars 
And how many devices, Chelsea, have you got? Eight. Okay, well, okay, so that's. You could say it's $50 a charging station. Sure. That's not so bad. It's not. But you are buying eight, so you need to, you need to have you, eight. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, if, and look, if you need eight shelves for your devices, you've spent a lot of money on these devices as it is. Do you really want them to be stacked on top of each other on your desk or on some shelf? Don't you want well, them to be in a in more of a secure location? And this thing is is very secure. In fact, it, so here's it has, yeah. Go ahead. So here's here's the thing. I mean, there has been a lot of fuss this week with the MacBook launch because they've dropped that MagSafe adapter mm-hmm. that uh, stops you from pulling your laptop to the floor if you catch the cable. Yep. However, I've had plenty of experiences of pulling iPads and iPhones to the floor because I've tripped over or caught a cable. Yep. This would prevent that because basically you're not there are no cables to trip over that's right if you're if you're if you do have devices festooned around the house and many families now if they've re- been recycling tablets as they go from the adults to the kids and everything will have four or five devices yeah if you have if you're in that situation actually it you know it makes some sense to be able to have uh somewhere to put those to charge them and while that while the headline price sounds expensive for a, for a piece of furniture functional furniture it's not actually that bad particularly if you say it's well built steel um you know proper electrical cables all of that i'm looking up trying to find specifications for it and i'm not finding them uh their website it's a nice looking website but it's very hard to navigate to be honest um this is the description on their website Powergistics Charging Towers revolutionary space-saving design offers the next step in the evolution of the modern classroom. It's a long sentence. Mm-hmm. Gone are the cumbersome carts and all the multitude of issues they have. The open concept and ease of use allow students to manage to pick up drop-off tasks without tangling cords. Teachers and staff appreciate how easy it is to... Re- and again, this thing is designed for the educational market. Because if yeah. it was designed for the home market, it wouldn't be $409. No. And, you know, they just, it's made in the USA with institutional quality and limited time or limited lifetime warranty. Um, And it has the made for iPad badge as well. The one that they show on their website has this kind of uh, aqua blue shelves. The one I have, like I said, has more of the rainbow shelves. Right. You can remove shelves if you want. They're all bolted in. But it's very much industrial. Uh, the shelves do have a little bracket in the back that kind of holds it so it's flat without sagging when you start stacking iPads on top of each shelf. Uh, and because it's metal, it just feels strong. You know, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't have that saggy feel that you get with plastic sometimes. I like yeah. it a lot. I I have to say it's it's one of the it's one of the few devices that I knew once I got it I was going to fall in love with it because I'd seen it in person. And I already had a use case. And I could already see why schools would love this thing. So yeah. for the educational market, I think it's brilliant. I love the, the colors for the educational market. That makes a lot of sense to me. I like that it's metal, that they could actually put little stickers on there. One issue that I do have for an educational market is there's no locking mechanism. You can't lock the iPads in this. Whereas the carts that I've seen in schools... There, it's a self-enclosed cart. You put the iPads in, you shut the door, and you lock the door, right? Yeah, I'm looking at a picture here on the website which shows some sort of some kind of locking door attached to it. So maybe that's an option. 
Could be an option. I don't see it on the yeah. website at all. Um, on, if you go on the front page um, and scroll right down, they show one with some sort of kind of locking cover going over the front. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see that. It must be an yeah. option, but I, yeah, they didn't send me that option. I no. think this is a brilliant... Yeah, I see that now. I think it's brilliant. I think it's... Uh, it's obvious. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. It's, it's obvious. This is obviously one of the best ways to store iPads in a home or a classroom, in my opinion. It's now, uh, yeah, I would say that if you are of a, I know a lot of uh, people, particularly in the, in the States, are kind of hands-on sort of guys. If you have a shed or a garage with tools in and you like to do a bit of metalworking or woodworking, you could construct something along the lines of this, probably for, for less money than, than this. So, you know, if you, if you even if $400, I mean, do they do ones with less shells which are cheaper do they have anything that's aimed at the consumer uh, market or is it no they're they're no. this company is really built for the educational market and for the education market i think that they're missing out to be honest though i think that yeah. there's a big market they, they have an eight no they have a five shelf desktop tower for 329 a six for 399 and then they also have wall mounted ones which is very intriguing Mm-hmm. Uh, and they and those start at 469 for the eight shelf. They go all the way up. There's a 12, a 16. They have an 18 shelf wall mount tower for seven or seven hundred nineteen dollars. And mm-hmm. for a school, that's a lot of money. But this is pretty cool. And I think that this solves a lot of problems. Uh, yeah. For the home use, though, people buy a lot of iPads and iPhones and stuff like that. And I have yet to find. A storage solution that also charges and you could sync through it that I think matches this. No, I, I haven't no, been well, impressed with any of them so far, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, and and as somebody who's just had the glass replaced on an iPad 2 where his child dropped it and broke it, mm-hmm. um, I, I tell you, 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 yeah, once that happens, once you so all of a sudden become very much aware of how your kids are using pretty expensive devices and uh, are treating them like kids treat them. And, uh, you know, uh, my, certainly my, I mean, my son has two or three of these things. Uh, he has a, a phone and a, a iPad and a nano and they're kind of, they're oh, normally yeah. lying on his desk yes, exactly. uh, with a, with a kind of a, a tangle of cables with the right plugs, you know, protruding out of the tangle into the device. Now, I imagine mean, it's, having it's not this, great, David. Yeah. Let's say your kid also maybe has a DS, a Nintendo mm-hmm. DS, or a Sony PSP, or or, or a laptop, or a, well, you can't put a laptop in it. it. It's it's not wide enough for even my daughter's 13-inch MacBook. Plus, I think a laptop would weigh too much to put right, on one of okay. these shelves. I think that's probably pushing it. That's too much weight. But for the handheld stuff, you could you could use this for a Nintendo DS. You could use it for Android phones, uh, an iPod. I mean, any kind of device that you have to sync at one point or charge, I think it would work perfect for those. And then you would have one central location in the house that all the electronic devices of this nature goes. So that's where the Kindle is. That's where your phone is at the end of the day. Um, it's where your wife's phone is. It's where the kids yeah. have their video game systems. That's the iPod. The Kindles are in there. This is just where they go. When you're done playing with it, take it to the shelf, take it to the PowerGistic shelf, and plug mm-hmm. it in. So when you go back to play it later, guess what? It's charged. 
It's charge, yeah. And then if they do forget, and you know they're going to, when you walk by the shelf, you can just quickly glance to see if things are plugged in or not. Oh, yep. look, he didn't plug the DS in. I'll plug it in for him and tell him to make sure he does it next time. Yeah. You know? Or you've, or you, or you've just seen just seen the child uh, heading for the kitchen, and then you look at the shelf, and the DS and the PSP isn't there, and it's like, right. why haven't you put your stuff away? Right, yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. It's, I think it's a great solution that a lot of people could really take advantage of. Now, my hope is that the fine folks at Powergistics hear this, and I know they will because I'll send them a link, and they sent it for us to talk about. I hope that they come out with a consumer version of this. Yeah. If it was, I mean, if they did one that was perhaps not as high grade construction, because obviously this is built to survive a classroom environment, which, That's which kind of what I like where it gets to be this, tough. Though, I gotta be honest. Yeah, but, but you could imagine them perhaps cutting some corners, maybe using some different materials for a consumer version. You wanted to bring the price down a little bit. Or if they did the shelves in wood. Yeah. That would look really nice. Uh, they would need to make the shelves straight across in the front because right now they're not. And I get the mm. reason for that so little hands could reach in there and grab the back of the iPad as they pick it up. You're seeing the picture. You know what I'm talking about, the little cutouts in the shelves in the front? Yeah. That's why I have to shove the iPhones towards the back. Otherwise, they, they're going to fall through those. Um, but maybe if they made this with wood shelves and the back is still the way it is right there and they charge, let's say, two ninety nine for a six shelf. I think people would be interested in that. I think people would buy those. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, mean, I, I think the, the idea is brilliant. It's And like I said earlier, and I don't mean this to, mean, to be demeaning at all, because sometimes when someone says, oh, that's obvious, that's a good thing. And it's amazing that no one else has come up with this solution before. Or maybe they have, and I just haven't seen them. I saw this one. They sent me one to, to play with and to test. And I'm going to have a hard time sending this back because I don't want to. Because now that I have it, I my homemade solutions suck. I mean, this is exactly yeah. what I've been looking for literally for years. Yeah, I, I see Griffin does something that's kind of like a cabinet. Um, that's the closest thing I've ever seen to that. Uh, yeah, and you can get kind of things where... Uh, you can kind of stack the devices up on top and then yeah, pull the cables that. out. But then that, that's not really the, the same sort of thing as this. No, no the engineering that, that Power Logistics put into this is impressive. And again, it's obvious because it's the way it's supposed to be. It really is. Um, I, I love the cable management on here. Yeah. That's, that's, I can't emphasize that enough. Cable management... For almost everybody listening to this is just it's a train wreck you yeah. get new things you just find a place to plug it in and then you got the cord over here and eventually you try to maybe you get some of the the little zip ties to keep cords together but then you, you're going to go on a trip so then you got to cut that zip tie because you need the cord and uh this is such a better solution it's just mm. all around I'm a better solution just on the price actually i'm looking here at this griffin one that it holds 10 devices but it's 700 dollars. there you go i mean this is <laughs> this, this is cheaper yes it, it only has eight shelves instead of 10 but i guarantee you this thing's got to be sturdier i mean it's it's all industrial yeah. grade metal uh, and yet it's painted metal so it's not real slippery or anything so you don't have to worry about things falling out and slipping out i hope they come out with a consumer version of this if they do uh, they have to let us know because I'll help promote that because it's, I think yeah. people could really, really use this. This fills a need in the home of the average electronics buyer nowadays for families. 
You know, we've got a lot of little devices that we all need to plug in. We all need to charge. This is a great solution for that. Cool. So that is our feature this week, the Powergistics 8-Shelf Desktop Tower. 409 bucks. You can find a link at techfan.com directly to it. It's powergistics.com, but I'm going to put a link directly to the one I've got. Of course, the one I've got has got the colored shelves. I don't see that option in the desktop for the one I'm looking at on their website. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's not that popular. Maybe people want shelves that are all the same color. My wife would yeah. prefer all the same color. I happen <laughs> to like these different color shelves. Because I, I kind of, in my mind, you know, the for me it goes from top to bottom. Two red, two blue, two yellow, two green. The top red ones are for my iPads. The mm -hmm. blue ones are for my iPhones. The yellow ones are for iPad or iPhones that I need to char or that I need to sync with the computer. So if it's on those shelves, they're syncing with the computer. And the bottom two shelves are for my Kindles and my Android phones. You got it all sorted out. Got it all sorted out. And here's the thing: is the moment I set this on my desk, I already had it figured out. Yeah. The top is for charging because I just want to get as much power to my device as quickly as possible so I can start using it again. So that's number one priority that's on the top shelf so there you go david that's that's our Sounds feature cool. of the week we'd love to have feedback from you guys what do you think is this something that you'd be interested in is it uh do you, do you know of any other solutions that you think david and i should know about let us know go to techfanpodcast.com leave your comment right underneath the show notes we'll see them read them here on the show and if your product's cool enough maybe we'll just go out and buy it or contact the company and say hey send us one because we want to talk about it right here on the tech fan podcast website or no tech fan podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know why I added the podcast, uh, the website at the end. So David, where are you on Twitter? I am at David B. Cohen. Awesome. I am at my Mac. You think I would have had my own personal account and then the, my Mac account separate, but mm, kind of but worked no. out that way. Yeah. Well, you know, when I set all those up we originally, should, there was no Tech Fan Podcast. We should um, we should probably grab at Tech Fan or at Tech Fan Podcast at some point. I think it's already taken. Uh, I think it is. Let me. <laughs> How can somebody else have at Tech Fan Podcasts? Uh, tech Fan. Okay, if you go to twitter.com slash Tech Fan, it's Virginia Tech's biggest fan. He's got a whole seventy-five <sighs> following, and he's had two tweets since December twenty-sixth. So. If we go Tech Fan Podcast on Twitter, nope, doesn't exist. So maybe you should grab it right now, David, before we release the show. Maybe I will. Maybe you will. Because if you don't, somebody else is going to, and then it'll yeah. be like... <laughs> yeah. And then oh, we'll have right. to grab the real Tech Fan Podcast. Right now, all our listeners are going scrabbling for it, Yeah, but they're not going to get there because... They're listening to the show after I just did what I just did and signed up for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so this is what we'll do, David. Uh, send me the login information uh, on it, and you and I will post stuff at that Twitter page. Right. Okay. The first thing we'll we'll tweet is when this show comes out, this episode. Cool. And I'd love to hear, and I still want to get Donnie on the show and talk about the new uh, album artwork, the new graphic for the show. Um, yep. Love to hear what people think of that too. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you want the old one back? You're not going to get the old one back. I like this one, um, <laughs> but we still like to get your opinion on it. Again, uh, Tim or David at TechFanPodcast.com, and uh, 
David, I'll see you in two weeks because I won't be here next. Oh. <laughs> that's when my phone Somebody wants you. Yeah, it's a no caller ID. I don't answer those. Yeah. <laughs> see I'll see you soon. Right, Have bye. a good trip. Thank you.